Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Barnside Chats with Bob's with Bob and Burns. Excuse me, I am Burns, and I'm Bob. And today we are back, and we're going to be talking more about uh, youth education and youth programs uh, involving agriculture. In today's subject, we are about we are in the last stage of the youth programs, and that is a youth program within the uh, within the school districts known as FFA. Better yet, known as the Future Farmers of America. Yes. And today we have our special guest, as we had last week, Lori. Hey, guys. Who is soon to be a t- uh, full-time teacher by herself in this realm of uh, FFA. She's going to become an ag teacher, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yeah, she'll be starting her P2 down at Petaluma High School. You want to talk a little bit about that, Lori? Yeah, so basically in order to become an ag teacher, um, specifically in the state of California, you have to go through this process of student teaching and not just ag teaching, I should say any teaching for that matter, but in my case, agriculture. Um, You have to go through um, two practicums. The first being ultimately kind of shadowing an ag teacher, seeing what they do and seeing what different programs are like. And for me, my P1 was at Chico High School, and I worked with uh, Ronnie Cockrell, who'd been teaching for over 25 years in their agricultural welding and fabrication shop. It was a great experience, and I'm so grateful for the connections and the relationships and the amazing students I got to work with in in my time there. Now I'm moving on to my last half, or practicum two, which is at as uh, Bob said, Penluma High School. Right now, I don't know exactly what that entails. Um, Due to COVID-19 shutting down kind of the P1 and making that ultimately turn to online, that is ultimately what is happening with the P2 right now, as most of the world is trying to figure out what this fall will look like for schools. So Right now, we're trying to figure that out. So ultimately, I don't know what my P2 looks like yet. But after my P2 is done, then I will be able to go and I get my credential. I will be able to teach agriculture anywhere in the state of California. Um, My goal um, is to be here in the North Coast region, uh, locally in Sonoma County. But we'll see with time and job opportunities and what happens in the future. Thank you, Lord. And now I, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I got a question for you. Yes. What is the most exciting thing? Let's just say COVID wasn't a thing at the moment. Um, what is the most exciting thing that you are looking forward to at Petaluma High School? I don't know. That's tough. I'm just more excited for the experience in general. Um, I had an amazing time at Chico High. Like I said, the folks I worked with, the students, were all amazing and so genuine. But it's really cool, and I'm more just excited in general to be ultimately in my own backyard um, here in Sonoma County with the amazing students I know and teachers and educators that are at Petaluma High School. I was just trying to see if uh, you know you had any any bump ups for uh Petaluma high school just because i went there but that's okay no i don't i know i just, i don't know because i haven't been yet i've been I, in in contact with um the advisors back and forth and unfortunately because of covid 
you know, they're already super crazy busy and so involved in their chapters and their communities and everything. Everything is kind of hectic trying to figure out to make it normal or make it happen, like particularly the fairs, because as you know, being from uh, or going to Petaluma, you guys have two fairs or you can't have two fairs with Sonoma Marin and Sonoma County. So that was one of the big things I know they're tackling along with um, right now. Um, they're doing a virtual version of state convention in June, and typically yeah. it's in April or May. So it's a lot changing and a lot shifting and a lot happening for, I know, the folks at Petaluma and all over our state. Yep. Anyways, I was just, it's just kind of a joke deal, but uh, that that is very true about all that, ser- with all that, ser- in all seriousness. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, I have it. I, there's a lot of things I'm looking, I'm just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen because I don't even know what I'll be teaching because typically you have your cooperating teacher. And like mm-hmm. I said, for me, that was Cockrell at Chico High. And um, for my P2 here, it sounds like I have both teachers as my supervising teachers. Yeah, that's what it, so- that's what it sounds like. Um, they're both good. I had them both. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I've had both. I went to Petaluma High School and I had both of them. We had another teacher there, but they uh, she moved on to her own uh, her own teaching deal. And now there's just the two of them. So now speaking about the advisors, Burns, you want to dive into what FFA really is for the students in the program? Sure, I'll I'll dive into that. So for the the students, um, <clears throat> I know at least in this state here, and in well in Texas, so the, there's a difference. Um, the people here are the people, the students here. In California, if you're involved in ag class, you are like automatically a member of the FFA. Um, meanwhile, in Texas, at least this is when I was in uh, the program. In Texas, everyone has to, every single student has to be involved. <clears throat> excuse me, has to be involved in FFA, and that's just how they do things down there compared to here. And that was just one fact that I kind of learned about uh, the FFA program in Texas. Um, But here, you know, you got all different kinds of kids that are, uh, that are wanting to learn or going towards agriculture. And it kind of made me mad one time about, uh, you know, kids, they'd go into the, uh, the counselor and they said, Oh, I want to take an ag class. And the counselor's like, Oh, really? And they're like, yeah, because it's easy. Well, it's kind of funny watching them come into the class and realizing, oh, yeah, it's easy, you know, until you have to do the work. When you do the work, it's all ag related, like going out to the greenhouse, getting dirty and whatnot. And you had some people kind of like looking at the ground and at the soil and kind of standing back. And then, like, let's say we were doing uh, some biology stuff, they kind of would get grossed out by it. And all of us ag kids were just, okay with it you know because we knew that was part of what it was so you know it's it's just it's not meant for everyone but it's a definitely definitely a good experience to at least have do one class and see if you enjoy it and it's not like you can just do animals again uh ffa actually kind of helps you i think uh 
get into the uh, more industrial side too, like Lori was saying, uh, you know, like welding and fabrication. Uh, they've got many opportunities with that uh, on that side. And you can also find out, you know, with your local high schools to see if you have it or ag related areas um, in your location, if you want to really get into it. Um, but uh, the ag mechanic spectrum is very broad the ag uh and what do you want to say environmental sciences yeah i don't know what they call it now Uh, environmental sciences or biology or animal science uh they've got a variety of things and it's not like the on the 4-h side 4-h side is a little bit more volunteered and ffa you're actually in school doing the work uh and learning about it and that's what i it's like a shop class almost and for me, that's the best way that I can learn things because you could see a physical, um, you know, a physical item, and you can see how it works, and you can see what what's involved to make it work, um, and you get to do a lot of outdoor stuff, and that's what I love the most about the ag classes that we did a lot of stuff outdoors, um, field trips and whatnot, um, but we'll dive into that later. Uh, but in the classroom, um, it's just, it's more of a, in the classroom, it's just a, a different kind of atmosphere. Uh, you got, you know, your kids that, you got your kids that, you know, really want to learn about this stuff and, or that's just, you know, it's kind of like a community almost. I agree with you a lot, um, on basically all of what you said, the cool thing, like we talked about. Last week with 4-H, FFA allows for a lot of opportunities and a lot of different doors to be opened down a lot of different pathways, which is ultimately what happened to me. Um, I was very shy, didn't like to step out of my comfort zone, but FFA was one of those things that forced me to do that through getting involved, as you said, with a lot of hands-on activities and learning agriculture on a firsthand basis. Also, taking leadership roles and not only that being able generally just to talk about myself and who I was and learning about myself and who I was as an individual and as a leader and what was possible for me. I was fortunate enough to hold multiple offices and because of that that opened a lot of doors along with taking the various agriculture classes that I did um, and making connections within the community and different skill sets that I gained gave me a lot of great opportunities that I have today. Yes. Um, Bob, you have anything you want to add on to onto this? I was just going to add on what Laura was saying. I mean, helping, you know, open up with public speaking relation wise. A great part of FFA was also doing the different competitions, public speaking related. And I know it's helped us a lot in terms of public speaking. As well, too, as you were saying, you know, kids going in, you know, taking an ag class thinking it's easy and all that. Another thing that comes with FFA is what's called the SAE, which is a supervised agriculture experience. And with that, I mean, for most kids who maybe don't have a farm, especially for kids in the Santa Rosa area, it's mostly all inner city kids. That could be as simple as raising your dog, taking care of your dog and logging it or even growing a house plant. But I mean, for Lori and I, it was raising goats, raising sheep, cattle, and fixing farm equipment. 
And I'm sure it was the same for you too, Burns. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, I did animals uh, and whatnot. But before we get to the fun stuff, let's talk about, uh, you know, what's involved, you know, what you can do in FFA. Um, I know there's a couple kind of going back to what I said earlier, but there's also, you know, you got your leadership programs. uh, You got, you know, some more in-house stuff that you can still do that is part of uh, the SAE program, which is that supervised agricultural experience. And, uh, you know, throughout the years, it's changed for what I've been told, but like from the seventies to now, but, uh, anyways, I mean, there's tons of leadership opportunities, uh, like you guys were saying earlier, and it brings you out of your shell. Um, and one of those things that at least I experienced was going down to state conference every year. I don't, how many times have you guys been down to state conference? I went every year. I think that I was in FFA and then I went a year after, um, for recruitment for the Santa Rosa junior college ag ambassadors. And I only went once. I remember that. <laughs> well, you, you went down there cause you're, uh, you're a finalist, weren't you? Yeah, I was a finalist in viticulture. That's right. And then we drove tractors that day. Yeah. <laughs> we drove tractors um, majority of that day. Yeah, we just stayed in that class and kept going, or whatever it was, the whole day. Um, but yeah, state conference is just a, it's an eye-opener if uh, you're in the ag class. And here in California, it's, uh, it's around... What was it is it early April end of March? I think it's yeah. April. Yeah, mid April. It used to be where we all went was uh, Fresno, California, and then now it's down. What is it in Disneyland? It's in Anaheim. It's just in Anaheim. Center. Okay, so now it's in Anaheim, and they get a special trip down to Anaheim. Um, and it's funny because most most to all of these uh, of uh, these chapters from all over the state they go down in what we like to call ag vans and they're like the creeper looking van with no windows or with windows and they got it all decorated up saying you know going to state and whatever you know their chapter name on the side if they want or they're in the ag van yeah the ag vans or ag trucks and it's just it's a, a, a a great community to just see, you know, road tripping all the way down. It's like a big convoy every once in a while. Um, I remember seeing that when we were headed down to Fresno, uh, three out of the four times, but yeah, the leadership program, uh, I was a delegate. Yes. That's the word. I was a delegate one year that, that really opened up a lot of things, uh, down there, you know, looking not at more politically at things, but looking more, uh, more in depth into things on current situations that's going on within the state. And it was, it was a serious matter. Yeah. They don't, they didn't keep it. They didn't uh, shy away from the, uh, what was it? The topics that was going on. Yeah. They made sure about it. Right. Yeah. And the cool thing with that, um, you were one of two from your home chapter of Petaluma. And the really cool thing with the delegation, if you get, um, chosen by your chapter to be put on the FFA delegation for our state is it's run like the House of Representatives here in California. There are two representatives from each chapter in our state. Um, 
And those two representatives ultimately represent the say of your chapter. And as you said, you guys tackle a lot of really big topics. Uh, I was a subcommittee chair leader one of the years I was at convention. So ultimately leading a group of a hundred plus delegates in those tough conversations. And I believe I, if I remember right, I was on the committee for how do we get ultimately those big ag companies more involved or more dedicated to FFA programs and getting more involved um, with all, not just the bigger chapters, but the small chapters and being very involved in the agriculture community. Um, and that was, I mean, it was amazing just to see, you know, folks my own age or younger having these very in-depth and great conversations about agriculture and what the future could be. Yeah, I couldn't agree more on that because when, when I walked into the, they had us go into these little, uh, these they weren't little, but they're, were, you know, good sized rooms. And, uh, you know, you're in there and then there's these, there's these FFA members and they're like your age or younger than you. And they're putting on this whole, I don't want to say a spiel, but this whole, um, process of, uh, of issues that's going on. And it's basically an issues committee. And, you know, then you go down into the voting part and, it gets really technical to go to like section two B dash eight and whatever. And you're like, Whoa, this is serious, you know? Yeah. And that's actually the other big part of it too. Thank you for bringing that up. Not only are you making as a delegate, these tough decisions um, on the constitution bylaws or things that ultimately affect your organization or association, but you also, the big part of it is voting on who you choose to lead the association for the next coming year, um, which is huge. Picking the six state officers that you think will best represent your association for California, which is a huge honor and privilege. Yes, that is very true. Um, that is one of the last uh, pieces of the puzzle there. Uh, when you are a delegate for your state is uh, to vote for the next officer next state officers uh, for the remaining year or going on and because you got to do all your delegation uh, responsibilities first it's all you know house majority kind of deal like we were talking about and uh, and whatnot and then you go then you're transferred out of the room and you go down and wait in line and you go and vote um, and then you know you have all your uh you have all this, and this is the cool. This is the cool part. Down near the convention center, they had, you know, everybody that's running. They have twelve. What twelve could be officers? I was lack of a better term. Um, twelve could be officers, and they have their own uh, at advertisement and brochures and whatnot, and they have it all ready. Uh, to hand out to all these chapter, all the students from the chapters because they're all down there and they're trying to say, Hey, you know, vote for me and all that. And I think, uh, Lori, you could help me out with this. Um, they, but they couldn't go to the delegates. Is that correct? Or do you know? I'm not sure. 
it's been a while. I, I think I remember something like you can't go directly to a delegate, otherwise, you know, you could get in trouble for it or whatever. I don't. Some, I don't remember. It's some, been a while. Some, stu- some stupid thing like that. Yeah, it's been it's been about quite a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but like. Anyways, said, yeah. Yeah, you said it's it's an amazing thing, and that's just a part of it. Um, just. I mean, again, the leadership role and um, seeing it firsthand, I think one of the biggest reasons or things that inspired me is not not only that sense of connection or just ultimately teaching kids how politics or things in our state work, um, but also one of the, or a couple great opportunities that I've gotten to have is participating in Parley Pro, which is ultimately how a meeting is properly run or doing job interview and learning those skills and writing a resume cover letter and being able to complete a proper job interview. And that's why I really aspire to be an ag teacher because the crux of agriculture education is not only FFA, but it's also SAE, which we talked about and the classroom component, as we talked about in the beginning of learning these things hands-on and ultimately it becomes full circle and helps students become more well-rounded in agriculture-based education and what they choose to do with that. Um, I believe it's this, the statistic is one in four jobs are related to agriculture and not a lot of students know that, but learning these skill sets and things through the classroom, through an SAE, through the FFA program helps well round them and make better decisions or become part of agriculture in some way, shape, or form. Couldn't agree more. And as well as we talked about state convention earlier, another big honor with being an FFA for the four, if you are involved for the four years, is being a, be involved in national convention, which we all Three of us both have our American degree, which is the highest honor. It's less than 1% of FFA members ever receive it. Yep. It, it was, it's a cool experience uh, to go to national convention. It's like a California state convention, at least compared to when, at least I noticed this, uh, our California state convention is very very similar to the national convention on how it's ran um you know it's the same thing same things they got motivational speakers they've got you know a concert or more than one concert um but uh, very similar on uh, how it's ran um and then if you know you can you can win a national award and i don't know about you but that's kind of pretty cool you get to be shown on tv you get all that or you can do something that is super simple with that american degree and just do your record books you know throughout the years um see what you need to do to achieve that goal of being an america the highest degree which is an american farmer degree and that american farmer degree is you know, just the coolest thing ever. I don't care what anybody says. You don't wear it on your jacket. You wear it on a chain that hangs off of your jacket. The experience is just unreal. You get to, you know, travel to... It's in Indianapolis still? No, when 
when Lori did it, it was in Louisville, Kentucky, and then when we went, it was in Indianapolis. It switched back and forth over the years. Yeah, they they do some kind of uh, deal, like an actual deal, with uh, I think with the convention centers. If not, if I'm wrong, maybe someone's out there and can correct me. Email us at bobandburns at gmail dot com, please, or tweet uh, us at Barnside Chats. That is correct. Um, anyways, so uh, when Bob uh, when Bob and I we went to Indianapolis. Uh, to get, receive our American degree. Um, I think what it was, and was that the first year back? I think it was. Yes. It was the first year back in Indianapolis, and they had like a, a deal where that was there for like the next 13 years or something like that. Yeah, um, the reason for that is it's a huge influx of tourism and ultimately money for their community wherever it is whether it's in indianapolis or louisville that's why it's gone back and forth so many years kids and parents and advisors whoever chooses to go or even businesses from all 50 states and the american territories are there to represent their chapters oh yes and it is so cool hey bob you want to tell them the story about when we were looking or when we were not looking but when we were inside the uh Convention uh, hall with all the uh, cool stuff in there and all the advertisements and whatnot because they had all the big tractor names, all the big feeder feed names, all the big. Uh... Is that the convention hall? Just yes or no? Yes, it is. All right, you want to tell them the story about when you were trying to find me? Yeah, so I was looking for Burns around the convention hall, and I ran into um, a good friend of both of ours, Amanda, who was in burns's ffa chapter and i said have you seen sideburns and she says no i haven't and this big husky kid from i don't know, i think illinois turned around and said sideburns and he had these the littlest chops you've ever seen not even sideburns they were just more like extensions off his off of his ears and i said no no and i turned around and i saw i saw burns I said, that's sideburns, and the guy got really sad because he could not compete with the sideburns that Burns provides. <laughs> it still cracks me up today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, let's let's finish this off here with our last segment of this episode with uh, the projects on um, what we did and uh, and how we did them and what we learned from it and how we had fun from it. All right, Lori, you shall go first. Ladies first. I had multiple projects. Um, They ranged from having a breeding goat business and showing them with um, Bob to having multiple um, market projects, which ranged from market goats to market hogs to market sheep and also um, market beef or a steer. Um, with that, I also had a project in agriculture education, helping my mom develop a program at her school where she was teaching to start an elective class for middle schoolers um, based on agriculture. It wasn't centered around FFA. It was more for the goal of educating individuals on agriculture. 
um, with the influence of having members from our FFA chapter to go in and teach some of those lessons or have those hands-on activities. In um, many other states, FFA is in middle schools. As we talked about, the American Farmer degree is the highest degree you can get. There are multiple degrees you can get through your years in FFA. In other states, there's a discovery degree, which you can get in seventh or eighth grade. We don't have that here in California. That was kind of what we were striving to go towards, but we ended up not doing that. It served more as just an agriculture education class, and it's still going strong to this day. The other one I forgot was I had a vineyard proficiency as well. So for working for uh, my family in our vineyard. And for me as well, I was about the same as Lori. I had the vineyard proficiency, also showed market goats, market hogs through FFA, as well they have the winter hog project, which I participated in. As well, I participated in ag mechanics, fixing up our family's first tractor on the ranch, a 1932 Caterpillar 22 tractor, and a 1898 Minneapolis Moline plow, which both went into our county fair and got best of show, best of class, and best of division. How about you, Burns? Well, I really can't compete with all those projects, but those were pretty snazzy projects going into the fair, I will admit, going into that exhibit building. Mm -hmm. A little paint goes a long way, but they're also functional folks. Um, Anyways, uh, projects I had were uh, ag mechanics. Uh, My SAE was uh, sheep shearing and uh, just working with my dad. because he also does a tractor work business, so I'd help out with the you know oil changes or whatever. And so I did that, uh, fixing fences. That's what I started out with. Uh, moving on into the years, uh, I did. I worked at multiple jobs uh, in the ag-related field, and I did. Um, I did some lawn care, so you know mowing grass, either with the tractor or with a push mower or with a weed eater. Um, I did, you know, my own projects of uh, working on my own mowers and whatnot. Um, I did market animals. Uh, I market lambs again. And I showed my first steer, and that was an experience. I'll tell you that because everything that could happen to a to a, a different species that I'm not familiar, not as familiar with, I was uh, familiarized with it very fast. Um, but we managed to make it through, and we made it through the fair and. Red lived a long, happy, or a short, happy life. Um, did those, uh, entered multiple projects with our ag mechanics class into the fair, uh, welding projects, woodworking projects, which I really like woodworking. Um, so I did a lot of that. Uh, anyways, it, it all went into the record book. Uh, a lot of it had to do with uh, community involvement. Oh, that's what it was. Um, also in FFA, you can join uh, different ag, ag teams. Um, I did livestock judging in both 4-H and in FFA. Uh, in FFA, I did livestock judging, and the best I got in the competition was, I think I was like 25th, 28th overall, and that was at Fresno, high individual. Um, I was also, was a fifth high swine individual in the Modesto JC Field Day in swine. Uh, Modesto Field Days were fun. They were kind of a smaller competition, but, you know, they were fun. Uh, and these field days are where they do these competitions at, at different colleges. Um, 
at least in our state. I don't know what it's like in other states, but I'm pretty sure it's pretty similar to the same thing. Um, but yeah, th- I did all those. I worked at a tree farm. I worked at a, at an actual working farm. Um, I, and now I'm in a vineyard working on everything I studied for in school. So I hauled hay for a little bit and a little bit all over the board, but yep. I did. Those are my projects. Thank you, Bert. And I can't say thank you enough to all those people that dealt with me and let me have the opportunity to do that. Because without them, I wouldn't have been able to get my American farmer degree. And I'll tell you that right now. And that's the same for us here, too, Burns. Well, Burns, you want to bring this program to an end for today? Yeah, it's kind of a long one, but you know what? It's it's worth it. Um, so next week we will be talking to, uh, one or two special guests or three. It's on the fence, but possibly, well, actually three special guests, two to three <clears throat> special guests next week about um, our young farmers and ranchers program we belong to, which is a group you can join after you're 18. Farm Bureau organization, sub organization, I guess, uh. I think that's what it is. It's a sub-organization. It's, yeah. Farm Bureau. It's through um, the Farm Bureau, and YFNR is a committee off of Farm Bureau. Got it. So, yeah, stay tuned for next week. Remember, if you got any questions or uh, comments or anything, check out our Twitter at Bob and Burns. And also, or is it Bob and Burns or Bar- Barnside Chats? Barnside Chats. Barnside chats on Twitter or check out our email or send us an email at Gmail with uh, Bob and Burns at gmail.com. Bob and Burns at gmail.com. Thank you, Bob. Uh, all right, everybody. I think that's it for today. Again, stick with us for next week's episode about the young farmers and ranchers. And remember where you heard it. You heard it from this side of the barn. Adios, everybody. Stay safe and stay sane, and we'll catch you next week. And as well, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. It is Father's Day this Sunday. Yep, happy Father's Day to all those fathers out there.